Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devya Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindevya Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stavakaya Chudarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupine Avatar Varishtaya Ramakrishna Yate Namaha Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankarachara Majjamam Ashmarachara Prayantam Bande Gurum Paramparam Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Revo Param Brahmaram Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Om Badra Kali Namo Nityam Saraswati Namo Namaha Veda Viranga Vedanta Vijastani Gaevacha Shri Ganesha Sharada Guru Bhyodha Mahariyo Shri Hari <coughs> Yesterday, last week we had one person for class when we started. <laughs> Today we have a little... What changed from last week to this week, I don't know. But <coughs> so uh, we're continuing our discussion on the class, hmm? virtually, virtually people. You're watching. Oh, good. Uh, um, uh, uh, we're continuing our classes on the Kali Sasanam, the thousand names of Goddess Kali, one amongst uh, one among thousands of thousand named hymns about the Infinite One. <coughs> and we're actually some people have a few sheets. I printed some. Um, exactly. Don't know where I. Let me see. Here. The, the verse. What's the first? The, the naga. What's naga the Kanya. Naga Kanya. Okay, Naga Kanya. So that's um verse twenty five, right? Twenty five, twenty six. We did the, all the names of verse twenty five. Mm-hmm. Naga Kanya, Deva Kanya, Gandharvi, Kinaishwari. And actually, this series of we mentioned a lot of these things are in cluster. The, each name can be interpreted in so many ways, right? And one of the ways you interpret it is according to its place. There, there's clues in the hymn itself, by in, in a cluster of hymns, in a cluster of names, right? So there's, we found the last the verse before that, which it didn't include there. It started with um, uh, Nagini, Nagashaini, and then it says Nagakanya, Devakanya. So it's it's <clears throat> so it's dealing. This cluster of names is dealing um, uh, with. Um, Different types of like supernatural beings, the Nagas, the Kinadas, the Devas, the Gandharvas, the Apsaras, uh, yak, the yak, uh, um, uh, Yakinis and Dakinis, and today we'll, we'll do some of those. Um, and so it, it gave us an opportunity to talk about what are Kinadas, what are Nagas, what are Gandharvas, like that, you know. And so we spent the last few weeks talking about those things. So uh, this, this, this text allows us to talk about all kinds of things, right? And we don't always, in, in the West, we don't know these uh, uh, characters. But also, like we mentioned last week, that even in, in Christianity and Judaism, we have all like the ho- heavenly hosts. There's all these, we think, oh, there's God, the Trinity, and the angels. But, what, but, but in the ancient world, there were, especially in the more esoteric traditions, it became, you know, there's archangels, and then there's, uh, seraphim and there's Elohim and there's all and then pretty soon all this even though the scriptures are mentioned there's we have the names of angels of various types of angels you know the different categories so the 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 um, kind of the pantheon of supernatural beings was bigger than we always angels in a way it's come down to us for most people right so it was a complicated and the esoteric tradition is still very complicated <clears throat> so in ancient India in ancient there it's it's a it's a very it's not just oh we have the devas right that oh, we have we have all kinds of characters, right? And not and some of them, some of them are kind of in the realm we would consider, we talked about some of them almost, in the Western tradition, we consider like fairies, some of them almost dwarves, 
you know, uh, like the uh, yakshas and things like this, you know. Um, uh, anyway, we went through those things. And so, and some of them are considered benign. Some of them are considered uh, uh, malignant. Some of them are considered, all of them are considered danger. Any supernatural being, every, like you meet a stranger on the corner, it's potentially dangerous, right? Let's just be, whether they're good or bad, it's potentially dangerous, right? So, uh, uh, so there, it's in that um, kind of, world of, of a mystical, magical, astral, heavenly, um, underworld, uh, nature spirits and atmosphere spirits and water spirits and tree spirits like this. And the point is the opportunity to talk about all these things because we, we, we hear about them in the scriptures mentioned, but we don't really think of who they are. Um, uh, but her point, the point of the, of, of, of the Kalsasana, they're all names, Kali is associated with each one of those. So she's not only, you know, it's like it's these really big, she's Tata, she's Bhubaneshwari, she's Bhairav, she's the big Mahadevis that we expect. Kali is associated with, with uh, all these big aspects of the, of the Mahadevi and the uh, various goddess, the, the big goddess traditions of India, as well as the absolute, given names of the absolute and given names of the largest goddess tradition. But here she's being given names of every tiny little um, category of being. Right, so like Devakan, I mean, I mean, she's a deva. She's a daughter of the deva. Nagakan, she's a daughter of the nagas. Nageshwari, the queen of the nagas. And then, um, what is it? Uh, um, Devakanya Gandharvi, she's uh, Gandharva. Gandharva is the heavenly music. We talked. I'm not going to go in the last two classes. We went each one of these. We gave forty minutes almost to this discussion. Which what the what they mean? The Kinaras, Kinareshwari. And so, and and then jumps to what is it? Um, the Vijadaris, Basumatis, Yakshinis, Yog and Yoginis. That's what we ended last time. Right? But then there is there's a transition between these two verses to another set of names, which I think is very important. So there you see Moharatri, Maharatri, Daruna, Bashwarasuri, right? And then it goes back to the list of these semi divine uh, categories of uh, uh, Vijadaris, Vasumatis, Yakshinis, Yogini and Yoginis, right? And it'll continue that. Next is going to be Rakshashis and Dakinis and like this. You know, it's continue that list. But they're inserted this very strange, not strange, just strange place to, to, to bring it. This Moharatri, Maharatri. We gave last week a lot of discussion of what's Moharatri, the night of delusion. Maharatri, the night of the great night. That's before, in between creation cycles, between the, the lives of Brahma. We gave... Um, um, Large uh, astro- astronomical numbers of years, and how what a Moharatri, what a Maharatri is. I think it was thirty trillion years or something, <laughs> something like that. That's <laughs> between create between Brahmas. That's a Maharatri, and, and then this Daruna means very difficult, very troublesome. You know all these really heavy names of great ignorance, the night of dissolution, and 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 like this. But those names come; they're found. In the Chandi, in the first hymn of the Chandi, the Rakti Suktam, it says, Maha, because Mahavija, Mahamaya, Maha, Meda, Mahasmiti, you are the great knowledge, the great ignorance, you are uh, spiritual memory, regular, uh, great memory, Maha, Moha, Maha, Moha, great illusion, Maha, uh, uh, like Maha, uh, Kalaratri, Maharatri, Moharatri, Daruna, all these names, these are, these, like, in the names are there. Um, but then it also says Mahadevi Mahasuri. That's a very interesting. We think a lot about that. She is the great goddess and Mahasuri, the great demoness. 
Now, so, and we're going to get another name like that in a second. Mm-hmm. Not just demon, it's Rakshashi. It's not even a... a, 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 a. So, and we, last week we told you that how she's, she's, this is describing her as the full, not only every category of being, but every category, category of beings, as different types of beings, and also every category of being, of ignorance and knowledge and good and evil. We consider good and evil, pleasant, unpleasant, painful. And we've many times described Ma as one of the, um, there's many ways of interpreting and uh, reading Ma's symbolism, especially this Dakshina Kali form, where you see one side holds a sword and a severed head, the other is giving Avada and Abhaya Mudra fearlessness and, and, and boons. One of the ways to see this is, is to see, that, see her as the full spectrum of experience, right? We think of the world duality of birth and death, good and bad, pleasant, unpleasant, success, failure, health, sickness, um, and every, you know, night and day, you know, all, all these extremes, these two, uh, we consider dualistic statements, but the dualism we also mentioned many times last week, that the, when we say good and bad, we don't just mean good and bad, we mean, we mean the full spectrum of reality, the full spectrum of experience. She's the full thing, right? She's birth and death and every detail of life, and every detail after death, you know, she's the full detail. And actually another thing, we, in one of our classes more recently, we described her as it says she has four arms, she has eight arms, she has uh, eight, 18, uh, 10 arms, she has uh, 16 arms, just describing these different type of things. And usually, you see, maybe you've seen in Buddhism, they do this more often, we have like the thousand arms, Kuan Yin or something, right? You know, they actually sometimes show it. So it's like that Ma has a thousand names, she has unlimited names, she has a thousand arms, she has unlimited arms. We're showing symbolically the top two and the bottom two. Right? It's like every part, we're showing, you, you, you can make an image like that, and, and it, her name describes her as all these different arms, but it's showing, in, in, in describing as a world of duality, but it's describing the full world of multiplicity. She's become everything, every state, every state of consciousness, Yadavi, Sarva, Bhutishu, and that famous hymn. Every one of those names, Nidra Rupa Samsita, Branti Rupa Samsita, she is sleep. She is hunger, she is happiness, she is peacefulness, she is intelligence, she is, she is confusion. Every one of those is a state of consciousness. So she's every state of consciousness. She's consciousness in all its manifestation. She's consciousness beyond manifestation and consciousness in every manifestation. Right? So this is what this cluster names is, is, is hinting at. So, <clears throat> so what is it? Moharatta, Naga Kanya, Deva Kanya, Gandhavi, Kinarishwari, Moharatri, Maharatri, Daruna, Daruna, Bhaiswarishwari. So we mentioned those echoes last time. So then we, we then we, the next verse says Vijjadari. Vijjadari is the one who holds knowledge. We mentioned there's a category of spirits of, 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 of in the Indian Hindu pantheon of, of a, a <coughs> they're associated with Shiva, they live in the mountain, they're 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 holders and keepers of esoteric knowledge, believed to be like keepers of esoteric knowledge, right? And, uh, and then we then there's two names Vasumati and Yakshini, and so and Vasumati has two possible meanings. One is wealthy, right, and uh, uh, and and one is earth, according to whether there's a long A and a long U and this type of stuff. Uh, um, uh, long I, I'm sorry, and a long U. Long U. But that, that it's important. Wealth and earth have a similar root word in this in this in this thing, and and they're associated because that name means wealth hidden in the earth and then the next name yakshini these are short stout creatures that mine and protect wealth hidden in the earth so we felt we described it as something like 
right. like the dwarves in the in the in the, in the in Lord of the Rings type thing that that protect, you know, hidden hidden treasure like that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a, a so she's the um, um uh, uh, she's yakshini. She's those category of beings also uh, like that. So then, where are we then? We have. Yogini. We mentioned yogini, and we mentioned the two. The popular use of yogini is every every person who does yoga is a yogi, and everybody every female does yoga is a yogini, and that's a proper use of the word. It's very meaning, but actually, that's not it, it's not the way the word was used when the hymn was composed. Yoginis were um, either two category, two things. One is that they were members of ascetic or female members of ascetic orders, specifically the not yogis that use yogi and yogini as titles. So she is. Uh, particular, but actually, that's probably because it's in the category. It's in the list of type of beings, vidyadaris and apsaras and, and gandharvas. Yoginis are another category of um, uh, uh, like that we could we, we in, in we talk, we've hinted a little bit at the sixty-four yoginis. These are forms. These are all ultimately forms of parvati, manifestations of parvati. And and there's a yogini tradition, and maybe you've read or seen documentaries on the four existing yogini temples that are open-ended. Very interesting. We, we mentioned last week also, we, we do worship of the 64 yoginis during Durga Puja. They're all, each one is offered uh, on the last day of Durga Puja. It's one of the pujas that are done is for the 64 yoginis. We simply do a flower for each one. But the elaborate pujas, each one is worshipped individually with five items or, and food like that. That's why Belarmat, you see during the, mat, the, the food offering on Ashtami or something, the, the, they close the curtains and it takes like two hours to feed her. Because each yogini is being, each yogini, each Bhairava, each Betala, each, you know, all these different categories that are associated with Durga, with the whole Devi tradition, are being individually worshipped, elaborately with separate plates and sweets and fruits and flowers and water and all this type, tumbulum and all that type of stuff. It's very complicated. We do it much more simply. But yogini, most likely in this sense, means this category, these are all the, like, the Dashmahavijas and the Navadurgas, in some lists, they're listed as the, in the Yogini list. Uh, um, the most common ones that we know that would be amongst popular Hinduism would be the Matrikas, mentioned in the Chandi, the Saptamatrikas, the Ashtamatrikas, there are eight of the 64 Yoginis, but there's many more. <clears throat> so that's where, that's where we left off, we're caught up. 22 minutes took me to catch up, we're doing good. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so there's only there's a few more names that deal. There's two more names that, three more names that deal with this category. So we're gonna there's Jara, which Jara here means old, right? And we'll go back to that in a second. There's Rakshashi and Dakini. So these are more complicated. The uh, uh, um, Rakshasi. So <clears throat> there's technical direct meanings of what a uh, Rakshashi are the they're like you know it's like we're we're the the last couple of days we we're talking about um the enoch tradition where you, uh, most people in in modern western world don't know much about it but there's like there's um it's mentioned it's there in the bible also where angels have relations with humans and the result are giants right <laughs> and if you wonder why we we're talking you didn't think we we're going to be able to pull this into our topic <laughs> our weird morning coffee conversation made it into the talk i didn't know how anything was going to happen that's why it is important what you what we talk about during coffee because it will be broadcast worldwide <laughs> but anyways uh, 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 according to the book of enoch right which is a, a, a forbidden book you're for all forbidden to read the book of enoch as per uh, uh, a famous 
um, uh, rabbi who cursed the book and anybody who reads it. So you know, so you should definitely go read it because I mean, cursed <laughs> a forbidden book. I read forbidden books all the time, but cursed books that's gonna be good. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be good, right? But anyways, in it, they wonder like why why did God flood the earth, right? It's not well we go because we're sinful. That's a simple answer. Actually, the reason according to Book of Enoch because of these giants that took it over because of the weird mixture between. Um, uh, uh, angels and humans. The, the, the sons of God lusted after the daughters of men. It says that that's in the, that's in the book of Genesis. It made it into the book, survived the book of Genesis. But then later in the book of Enoch, that story is developed in outrageous, by our standards, outrageous. But in the ancient world, this was very um, uh, understandable. Right? Uh, uh, so the Rakshashis are, Rakshashas are such a race of a mixture between a certain type of semi-divine being and humans and I forget exactly. The other day, I actually looked, and I have a, a good book by um, um, uh, that that goes into some of the. I, but that was last week, and I didn't think about it today, and I don't remember. I'm like, oh, I'll, t- I'll tell those next week, and then I forgot about it. But there is there is there there is a genealogy of like what how these creatures come to be. But in a more a more simple way of thinking of it, you have the asuras and suras and asuras or devas and, and demons, right? These are just two sides of one coin. They're both they both have the same father, Kashyap Muni. One of the sons of Diti, or the sons of, 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 of um, uh, uh, Aditi and Diti, or like this. So there's different. So in the stories, they're just competing shaktis. You know, the two sides of two sides of the personality or the concrete. Rakshashas are different. They're like we, when we consider like oh, like like not oh that guy's a demon, right? Oh, like because it's like a dark consciousness and it's fighting the light. It's like this is different. There's like underworld monster with horns and fangs and. You know that, that type of that's a rakshasha. So there, that's that's a, it's a it's a it's a it's like a classical we would consider in the Western world a demon, like something on, on, on a Netflix program or something. You know the demons that are there. You know, so they're more complicated. The rakshashas, right? Interesting. Who's a famous rakshasa? They're, they're uh, uh, just like the the asuras and asuras. Like the sudas, the asuras had their gurus, right? Who's a guru of the asuras? Shukracharya, right? So that's how you can see that. And who's Shukracharya? Shukracharya is Venus, right? And and Venus is a, is the goddess tradition. Venus is the earth is the earth current tradition. This is a romance, right? And love and stuff and stuff like that. So that's not like like a, a, I mean, when you're in the middle of it, sometimes it seems like a, a ferocious demon that's attacking you. But it's it's not. It's obviously not that type of demon. It's just it's a it's the it's the earth pole and the sky pole. You know, there's different ways of thinking like that. Right, but the the Rakshashas also have great sages, right? And and so there is, okay, it's like by temperament, but also by lineage. Just like I mentioned, there's, you know, the the, the sons of God lusted after daughters of men. Such a thing, in the ancient, I forget the full details, but Ravana is a Rakshasha, not a Nasuda, right? His lineage is Rakshasha. <laughs> I forget exactly who is what his parents' parentage is, but there's some way of understanding like that. As a result, he's and he's not a normal, you know. He's he's glorious, actually, right? Uh, Ravana is a very complicated character, right? And we like to think about this that like when Ravana in in Valmiki's Ramayana, and there's there's many many Ramayanas, and each one has a different a different version of Ravana, but even Valmiki's Ramayana, when Rav, when Rama first sees Ravana on the battlefield, when he first after many days of battle, and he, like, it's like oh, Ravana enters the battlefield, not just his armies and his brothers and like this type of stuff, dressed in white and, and silver. You know, it's like, and he's, of course, he's huge and ten heads. He's an impressive character, if you're going to say. Also, 
multiple heads is one of the symptoms of a rakshasha. As far as how many rakshasas left, there's not many ten-headed people around, uh, uh, magical beings like that. But even Ram was like, wow, that's impressive. Ram was impressed by Ravana. Ram was impressed by Ravana. And Ravana, we know, is, it, as per the story, was the greatest. He was given the title, greatest devotee of Shiva. Right? You know, so it's like you have to think. So he's a complicated person. He had an important part to play also. And uh, uh, there's many, many ways, many different ways of understanding um, Ravana. This is not a class of Ravana, but it'd be a great class because I love Rav, the Ravana character. Right? Ravana is also a great Kali devotee. Right? And even now, if you go to Sri Lanka, there's temples to Kali supposed to have been built by Ravana himself. Right? There's temples, there's Shiva temples that are now in the ocean supposed to have been built by Ravana. They've been absorbed by the ocean like that. I mean, this is, this is not an historical prehistoric, hit prehistory at that level, so it's hard to say anything. But tradition has come down that way. So Ravana is a, a, a fascinating character. But he's a Rakshasha. Right? And there's Rakshashas and Rakshashis and things like that. But here Ma is being described as Rakshashi. But she was also Gandharvi and Vijadada and Kinada and Yakshi. Right? You know, so she's every she's every character. And when it says Mahadevi Mahasuri, she's a great goddess, she's a great demoness. But she's also like, if she's, she, nothing's being, no category of beings being left out. I think that's one of the main, we can talk many, I mean, it doesn't, there's no commentary on this. We're giving the comment, people, we have to give commentary, right? This is the commentary I've decided to take it in this way. But it's simply, otherwise it's like, well, now we know it's a true. We're all, we're all demon worshippers. What your friends are accusing you, what your family's accusing you is true. Here it says, Kali is a demon. <laughs> right? There you go. So it could just be that. It <laughs> turns out, if you read carefully, the religion itself states you're worshipping demons. You, know, you can take it that way too, right? But we'll assume a little deeper interpretation. That she's every category of being, every state of consciousness. She's darkness, she's light. She's creation, she's destruction. She's, uh, she's ghosts and spirits and snakes and, and dwarves and fairies and water spirits and nymphs and every category. And so if that's the case, she's probably also like, Humans and antelopes, and you know, she's actually you can start giving it. She she's become the point. She's become all things and all beings and all states of consciousness. right? So then Jara, we we skip that one. One name, one eighty-five. Jara means old, right? And so another name in the next verse will also say that she's ancient, right? It's a slightly different meaning, right? Ancient is like primordial, the first, the the source, the the antecedent, you know, like old means she's been around. I mean, she's like what, old to be old. I'm sorry, I'm getting old. So I'm, 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 I know the difference between ancient and old right now, right? Older, right? It's like it's worn out. You wear down. It gets used. There's a difference between you see the difference between something worn out and something that's the origin of something. The ancient is the origin, right? That's why it's polite to say something. Oh, you're, you know, like in that, in the. Doctor Strange, or whatever he's like the ancient one, or something like that. Not the, not the old lady, or something like that. You know, we give her a mystical name, like the, you know, that holding ancient knowledge and profound uh, the secrets of the ages, like that. But here is his old, and so we can. The name will come. Many of the names of the Dasha Mahavidyas will be there, and this could be a hint because actually in the next verse, Mahavidya is there, so it could be a hint. Of this, but it could be, you know, in, in, in the goddess's form, not as ancient primordial, but as old. This is Dumavati. We have her picture there, and a picture above me here. Uh, Dumavati. 
<clears throat> and Dumabati is very interesting. I mean, many things to be said about it. I'm, just, I, I'm not ready to give a class on Dumabati, but um, uh, she's the most, I think she's actually the most profound of all the, 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 the Dash Mahavijas in many ways. And she has a thousand name hymn too. So we could give we can give a several year class on Damavati maybe one day. You can give that's your when you're old you can give a class on Damavati. All series, he has interest, right? And uh, and so what's the difference between? I mean, what what does it mean? I mean, please, like we have maybe you have you've I mean definitely you have old people in your family, and maybe and maybe you have a an old woman in the family. A mother or grandmother character, and sometimes you can see older women. Sometimes, what does it mean to be? It's not just they're wise, of course. Somebody who's old has a lot of life experience, right? That makes them, you know, it's like wouldn't it be a young woman or a young boy, an old woman and an old man? In one sense, a young person's full of potential, full of, uh, you know, but but no experience yet. It's all potential and no experience, right? When you get older, your potential goes down and your experience goes up. Right, you fill up, right, and it's almost you can see at a certain point you become burdened by experience. You know, they, they're they, uh, uh, you be you know, you see like it, it, like uh, the, the Dumabati image is like the image, the story. It's a very Indian context of like the the like the um, the widowed auntie or grandmother that lives in one of the rooms of your house because nobody else to take care of her. You know, she's. You know, and and you you say that she's she's angry, she's not nice, she smells bad, right? You know, it's like it's like this type of you know this and and this is the fact when people get old sometimes that happens <laughs> they don't get they get a little bitter a little angry they're a little less less patient, and you seem they're worn they they've experienced too much loss, they've watched their children die, you know this type of thing it's it's like we 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 imagine that and we're like oh my god it's going to be I can't even imagine what it's going to be like, right? But imagine when that happened you. you all your friends have died. All your, you know, it's like all, you know, it's like you have nobody, no equals to talk to anymore. If you did, you can't hear them, or you can't, they can't hear. It. You know, it's like these things happen. You know, it becomes very frustrating. Nobody listens to you anymore, right? This is this is the thing. So this is Jada. This is Dumavati's image, part of Dumavati's image, and actually interesting. So and, but the secret it says, in the in the in the in the tantras dedicated to Dumavati, that if you worship her, she'll give everything. Because the oldest person has the most knowledge, right? And nobody wants to hear what they have to say. They have the highest knowledge and the highest experience. Although it's painful to have that much knowledge and that much experience, right? There's an image in Kehilga Bronze. Uh, uh, everybody knows the Prophet, the famous book. There's a second volume. He he imagined it as a tri- as a trilogy. Only two were written called the Garden of the Prophet after he goes home. You know, the first one he's about to go home, then he goes home. And there he goes, you know, the idea of like a prophet's not respected in his own land. It's kind of a meditation on that verse. Right? He goes, he goes, and they all, oh my God, you're back, you're back. They were so thrilled, his childhood friends like that. But he's a prophet. He's had a tremendous um, uh, character arc. He's had so much knowledge and nobody's interested. You know, it's like it's like when you meet your high school friends or something. They just want to talk about high school stuff, right? Nobody's that, and they can't be interested. They have different life experiences now. They, you know, so it's very painful. Like it's almost, well, it was nice seeing you. You know, hopefully you soon. You know, there's nothing to talk about. You didn't grow. You didn't grow old together. You grew old separately, right? The so, you know, only thing you have in common is that you used to be friends in high school. I sometimes have that experience. Only my high school friends I love very much. The only thing I have in common is that we were real close in high school. But other than that, we've all developed. They've developed in their way. I've developed in my way. Right? That happens naturally. 
Right, so in the in the in the Garden of the Prophet, he's there's a line that says, like a tree, heavy laden with fruit, with nobody to pick it. This is a this is that kind of image. I, I sometimes think of that type of image. So much knowledge, but nobody's nobody to share it with. You know, nobody even thinks you have knowledge. Nobody pays attention to you anymore. Right, but if you do, and you can tolerate the difficult personality, the smelly uh, uh, situation, or the little chaotic mind like that, but there is so much knowledge, so much grace, so much experience. Right, so that's one way to interpret this jada idea. Right, but there's a mysterious thing where Dumavati, she's a widow. How can Parvati be a widow? Right, Parvati's husband is Shiva, and Shiva. One of the things we know about Shiva, and one of the reasons why Shiva's worshipped, and why one of the vrats of, of Indian girls in in, in on Shivaratri to get a husband like Shiva, because Shiva doesn't die, which means you won't become a widow. And there's a lot of economic hardship if you're a widow. In certain in in, 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 in in the old world, you know, so how did she become a widow? Shiva died, right? But well, that's not possible. Shiva can't die. How did Shiva die? Maybe you know how Shiva died. Uh, Dumavati ate him, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it gets married. <laughs> so this is very interesting. So she, Dumavati swallowed Shiva, right? So this is a very pro- profound. I don't want to get stuck on this name, but but it's a very profound thing that uh, that that the supreme consciousness itself, Dumabhati's estate is so old that she outlived consciousness. She devoured. She herself devoured. That means she's she's more primordial than consciousness, right? She's more. She's. It's Parvati that survives Shiva, right? So that's interesting. So Shiva's God in the story, right? So. If when God dies, <laughs> you know what's what's left, right? You know it's hard to say what's that can't what, what's left can't be said, right? It's 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 beyond conception in a certain sense, you know, and so that's Ma also. So th- I mean, this is just just as Jada. I mean, she's old. It could just it could just mean she's also the old woman. That could be that simple. This name. I'm just spinning it off a little bit, uh, on on a little bit of a. Hopefully, the name Dumabuti will come. I think it probably comes in the list, and then we can talk. Tell her actual like Leela and recite some of her Dhyan Mantra is very, very fascinating, most interesting of them all. <clears throat> anyway, we'll leave it at that. Jara Yogini, Jara Rakshasi, and then Dakini. So, Dakini uh, uh, is another wonderful. Da, the da, Dakini, dak, Dakini, because we always heard you probably heard Yoginis and Dakinis, maybe you've you see that and and um. Uh, so Dakini is a feminine form of it's a feminine counterpart to Adaka, Adaka and Dakini, and they're really more known in Tibetan Buddhism. They've, they've, um, uh, 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 they're the ones that have kept the tradition alive and going. So if if you you know you get a like Vajra Yogini deity, we even have you know it's like these are these are Dakinis. She's a famous Dakini. Vajra Yogini is a famous Dakini in Buddhism, and also a lot of times you see like a. a a deity in sexual union with another deity, right? Often, often in Tibetan Buddhism, often that's Dakka and Dakini. Sometimes it's a Buddha in, in union with his own Shakti. That symbol is a lot, but very often that combination is is that's that's in, in Buddhism, it's a Dakini. Dakinis are um, in Vajrayana Buddhism, and and the in the Vajrayogini Dakini, which is the most famous, you see her, you know, in this very dramatic stance of dancing. And so she's, it's that, 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 um, 
Uh, and she's that Vajrayogini in Tibet is the equivalent in India is Chinamasta. Uh, you know, even though she doesn't lose her head, she's a, a similar relation. But she's a she's that that posi- that pose that famous pose is it's supposed to elicit the idea of like a like uh, dancing in the sky. She's a sky dancer. So she's an, she's a, a, a um, the the Dakini is not Dakini. The Dakinis are, um, are uh, at, at, atmospheric. Not the right word, or a sky deity. You know, like the yakshas are earthy deities. Uh, this is a sky deity, right? And one of the things that 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 the dakinis, they they, just like the vijjadatas, they also are they're revelatory. That's why vajra yogini is associated with lightning, with the vajra, right? And and vajra lightning, you know, it's it's a dramatic revelation. You know, like it's a a sometimes a violent but a dramatic flash of light or flash of energy or sound. You know, you you get something. You know, like oh, like it struck, hit me like a bolt of lightning. Sometimes you think like that, right? The Kundalini is seen to be. She's also a symbol of Kundalini. That's it, because Kundalini is is something from uh, uh, the tension between the earth and the sky, and and something has to. When that tension gets too much, there has to be a, a spark to relieve that tension. It's another word like that. So. They're revel- they're revelatory, they're symbols of revelation, right, and of uh, mis- mysterious revelation, you could say, right. And just like yogini is a form of devi, but yogini is also a female ascetic, or a female practitioner of yoga, or a female person in yoga by that definition. The dakinis within tantra also are women trained in sexual tantras. You could also consider dakinis, right, in a lesser way. So, um, <clears throat> but the dakinis are, they're symbols of that, but as, if you were to think of them as a category of supernatural or semi-supernatural being, they're, um, they're wrathful deities. In Buddhism, they're still wrathful deities, right? but deities, so they're not like, you know, and, and they're um, associated, there's, there's um, dakini and shakini, uh, and dakini and shakini are the two wives of um of um Tipurasura in Hinduism, you know this famous demon that eventually Krish, uh, Shiva kills Tipurasura. Uh, his two wives are Dakini and Shakini. Is if you consider Dakini to be a, a particular deity rather than a category of deity or a category of women trained yogini, you know there's all these ways like this. So that's interesting. So she's Dak- she's Rakshi she's Yoginis and Dakinis and Vijadatas and Yakshas and Nagas and Devas and Apsadas and Gandharvas, Dakinis and, and Dakinis. So interesting, these characters, we think, oh, these are like, these are feared characters, right? Both fear, and, and in popular Hinduism, these are like, you know, it's like, it's like you have to be fearful of ghosts, right? But not just ghosts, also like demons and spirits and trees. Right or some you know there these are either we li- we don't we live in a pretty flat world where we don't consider these things right, but in many cultures in the world and actually in most cultures in the world these things are still these this type of world where you're living it, and they're things to be even if they're powerful and and if worship they can give blessings and treasures and knowledge and initiations and underworld journeys or overworld journey you know these are the type of creatures that in the, the mythology is full of right. For regular people, they're pretty dangerous, right? You don't want you don't want to encounter like ghosts are just. I mean, if ghosts exist, they're, they're not that big of a deal. They're just things with spirits, with no bodies that that are a little stuck, right? 
but it doesn't mean you want to see one. Doesn't that it's like it's like oh my god, you know, it's like you don't want one in your house, right? You know, and if you have one in your house, if you think you do, how much you'll go? Even if it's ridiculous and, un, and unbelievable, and nobody believes you, and you shouldn't be believed. Still, that's all fine. But how to get rid of it? This non-existent ghost that, that I don't believe in. How to get rid of it? I have to get rid of it. You know, these are still dangerous things. Even more so for sadhaks, because sadhaks are are especially actually it's interesting. We're actually sadhaks are scared of these very beings. Right, because as you, this is perhaps it's a sign of as you uh, raise your vibration or make your mind more subtle, you become open to more subtle things, right? Or it could be as you do spiritual practice, the chances of delusion, delusionary uh, psychological, psychological breakdown experience are really high, right? That could also be, right? And I, I, maybe they're the same, you know, it could be, I don't know. Like, for instance, I remember I was told, and I've told this to many people. But there's something to think about. Like a lot of it may just be where our vibration is, right? So right now, this is this is something to think about, and it's going to keep you up tonight and probably freak you out. But right now, <laughs> right now, there are there are devis pouring amrita on your head, right? That's a fact, right? And there's also demons screaming obscenities in your face, right? You know, so where are you? Where what? So of course we like to think of one and hope never to be in the in 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 the. Uh, in the range of experience where we experience that, right? But if you go through spiritual experiences, you go, many people go through such, they have such experiences, whether or not they're real experiences, whether there is stages of, of, of karmas burning off or maybe even psychological dilemmas that, I mean, that, that are that delusional experiences, could be either way. But, but so there are a lot of, like when we, in, in tantric sadhana especially, one of the things we taught in our Kali in our Kali Puja classes, we mentioned this at the very beginning of Kali Puja, we do a Kali Kavacha, right? And in Tantra, usually Tantra has five limbs. I mean, I'm saying this boldly without thinking if I know all five of them, right? <laughs> Offhand, but usually when one is initiated into a traditional Tantric line, one gets a mantra that we know, right? One gets a, one learns about a yantra, then one does gets a Kavacha, right? And then um um. Kavacha, uh, uh, Sahasranam, right? There's a, the thousand named him like that, and then there's a, I think it's called Stava, but it's um, maybe Stava, some uh, a emblematic hymn that's that these are the five main things that are passed down, right? So one of the things is also the Kavacha, a, a protective mantra, and most Kavacha mantras are specifically against yoginis, dakinis, rakshashis, <laughs> Gandharvas. <laughs> Brahmaraksha, there's a whole bunch of other like Brahma, like there's Brahmin ghosts. Those are the word. Ghosts are bad enough, Brahmin ghosts are really bad, you know. <laughs> Brahmarakshashas and Pishashas. Pishashas, these are much worse than, than a Rakshashas. These are flesh eating demons. These are, you know, there's all kinds. We didn't, this, maybe in later the name Pishasha will come. But I, I just want to give an example. I printed out one of my favorite mantra I like very much. It's a Hanuman mantra. Even in the, it mentions, you know. But it, but there's a there's a dhyan there's a if I have it, yeah, here it is. I'm not going to do it because there's lots of um, lots of bij mantras. I'm not going to recite the mantra fully. But I just one of the Buddha, Preta, Pshasha, Brahma, Rakshasha, Shakini, Dakini, Yakshini, Putana, Mari, Mahamari, Rakshasa, Bhairava, Betala, Graham, Raksharak, Sarikam, Kshanina. You know, so so it's listing. Uh, 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 Defeat ghosts, demons, impure beings, those who are proud of learning, demonic energies, the slayers, 
slayers, uh, evil witches, great slayers of demons, terrifying demonic entities, and inauspicious planets. Right? These are like it's, it's like these are things because this is what they're. And this is a very beautiful. This is a very beautiful month. Today. It's it's a it's something some people put on a kavacha and wear and recite Hanuman, uh, sadik, tantric Hanuman sadik to chant this mantra. <clears throat> and actually, Hanuman is often worshipped specifically because he's good at keeping such spirits at bay. Right. So and to, and you know we think of Hanuman in the in the Hanuman chalisa says um uh, what is it you're the uh, keeper of uh, no one enters his, your uh, Lord Ram's gatekeeper, Brahma Durare Nobody enters your his kingdom without your permission. He's a gatekeeper. But we we've also we saw and you'll see in every major Shakti temple, right? Shakti Pitam especially, but Shakti temple, they'll always have a big Hanuman. Right? Hanuman's in every Shakti temple. And I think you'd imagine Hanuman to be in a in a Ram temple. That makes sense, right? But how the, there's stories of how there's a story of how um, uh, Hanuman got a boon from Kali that he she'd be the protect he'd be the protector of her temple also, right? But he's worshipped especially in this Panchamukh Hanuman is is a form of Hanuman that protects the tantrics use tantrics pray to to protect against supernatural tantric ghostly demonic underworld elemental type of spirits not that these things these are all forms of the divine mother we're learning right these are everything is part of the divine mother but it doesn't mean that they're not dangerous and how to get past them right he, he will take take the sadak even the devi sadak uh, uh, past them right uh, he has a special grace to do that special boon from the divine mother herself um, when he saved Ram from Ahiravana and, and, and anyways is a, I've told that story it's a great story so, uh, uh, so, so this whole list of strange uh, uh, category of beings, she's everything, right? She's every one of them. So that's one of the things. And, and one of the names we did last week is that she's the great light that destroys darkness or the great light and the great darkness. So you can see she's the full spectrum. So the next now switches to a slightly different mode, right? Where are we now? Jara Rakshidakini, Veda Mai. And Veda Vibhushana. So the word Veda is there. So this is now it's connecting her to the Vedic tradition. She is Veda Mai means full of the Vedas because that's one way we've been Swami Ambikananda. We there's a big discussion how to translate this Mai or Maya, right? You know, it's like uh, uh, means like uh, Ananda Mai means full of full of blissful, right? It means that, but there's that's a common way of saying, but it actually means bliss itself. She is bliss. To be said, or you could say that. And so we mentioned that this is we've uh, this has been our interpretive scheme for all these names, and we repeat it almost every week. So if it's excuse for the repetition, but I think it's important that when we say Ma's blissful, right? That's a way of attributing. We're thinking of her as a being with qualities, and therefore we're attributing her. Oh, she's the most blissful, right? But actually, she's she's not. A, she's being itself, and all qualities are simply describing imperfectly her nature so you can say she's bliss not blissful right to say that she's a uh, uh, willful right that's a weird like mal's willful you know egotistical you know like she's will right she's you know it's a you know she's she's everything itself right so by saying she's brahma she's veda uh, she could see veda means she's full of the, maybe she's full of the vedas I don't doubt there's a form of her as a body mental Veda. As Gayatri Devi, maybe she's full of the Vedas. She gave birth to the Vedas. We could think of it like that. 
but <clears throat> I don't think it's it, it, uh, it's what's meant here. She is the Vedas, right? <laughs> That's another way of saying it. she is. And Vedas mean many, many things. Veda means the, the root word of it simply means knowledge. So uh, Vidya comes from a similar root, right? So she is knowledge itself. But Vedas means particular has a particular understanding in the Indian context, right? Veda means the the Vedic mantras, right? The the Vedas, right? And the Vedas is the source. It's the authoritative source of all knowledge. Uh, um, knowledge of, especially this, the source of knowledge of, of, of spiritual knowledge, right? And so this is the interesting thing is that, that uh, um, so, so if the Vedas are that, it's, we've been discussing, well, I don't know how to, how to, it's too many hundreds of hours of discussion amongst ourselves lately. I can't know how to split it out in this point, so I may, I may, may not, uh, how to describe it, but <clears throat> Swami Vivekananda, in his famous talk on this on 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 Hinduism, where he introduced Hinduism to the Western world, the parliamentary religion, on the third, I think, his third talk on Hinduism, uh, very incredible. He packs so much stuff in, in such a concise way. You see how much understanding is there. But one of the things he talks about the the Hinduism is based upon the teachings of the Vedas, and he says the Vedas have no beginning and no end, and the Vedas were not. Uh, uh, so then you then he asks, well, how do you how do you um how do you say there's a book with no beginning and no end right that doesn't make sense books by definition have beginning and end right book a book is something you put between covers right right uh, he says but by the vedas no books are meant that's one of his famous lines right so what did he mean he means so he uses something like oh it's the sum of all knowledge that's one thing right that's, so what he's opening up to like other religions other scriptures are also in a certain sense, potentially Vedas, right? Or scientific knowledge is potentially Vedas. That's 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 okay. Uh, but other places, he'll also say he, that's one way he's because he's introducing it a very controversial topic to an unknowing audience, right? So he has to do it a certain way, uh, a more a careful way. In other places where he's being a little more philosophically careful, Vedas are are not the sum of all knowledge. Their knowledge itself, right? There is there is the 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 there there is knowledge. And ancient rishis, this is the way he described it, kind of combining a yogic uh, way of, of, of access to them, by their realizations, by their tapasya, or somehow they heard the mantras, they got, or they, they had the experience and then worded, they put the words into experience, that's our way of talking, or they literally, usually think they heard the mantras, the mantras that reveal Brahman. But not just, of course, the Upanishad, but the real everything, the way to heaven, the way for happiness, you know, everything is revealed by these mantras. And so the Vedas are these mantras, right? Uh, and these mantras were not composed by these rishis, they were heard by the rishis, or seen by the rishis, right? Uh, uh, and then shared, right? Passed down. And so, in that sense, they're uh, not composed, they're not, they exist, that knowledge existed eternally. It came into it came to our knowledge through the Vedic. It's one way of. This is not a perfect explanation, but this is one way to explain, in general, right? But a big distinction when you see, when you say Vedas, whatever the Vedas are, we, we, this ancient knowledge that's contained in in, in the scriptures, in the, in the Vedic scriptures. That's another thing. There's many scriptures. Not all of them are, are Vedic. Are not the all scriptures are not the Vedas. The Vedas are their own category, very distinct. Right? They're given an, a, a distinct. Uh, 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 name, which one of the names next is Shruti, 
and Smriti. These are two categories. Shruti, Smriti, Mahavidya, Guruvi, these are all different forms of different religious, different scriptural traditions. But so this is uh, the next in the next verse is it Shruti, right? This means Veda. So uh, um, there's another term in 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 Hindu philosophy that of uh, maybe you know this term uh, Ashtika and Nashtika. I'm gonna say Ashti Ashtika and Nashtika, right? Ashtika and Nashtika. Ashtika, we usually say, oh, that's a faith means with faith, and Nashtika means without faith, right? So this is a bit of a <laughs> so that uh, you can use you know, somebody says they're faithless, they're faithless uh, people. That definitely can be turned into an insult, right? You have to be careful how we use it. So it's being used very specifically, faith in the Vedas, right? What does Ashtika mean? Those who believe that the Vedas are, are, the, are the source of authority for spiritual knowledge, right? And so classically, there are six schools of thought that describe the six schools of philosophy. The, most, the ones that have won out and have made it to the West is yoga, Right, with a little bit of Sankhya mixed in and Vedanta. These are the ones that have made it and in, all, in, all, in this variety. Right? They're not the only ones, and some of them are barely recognizable or would not make sense, but they're very interesting. But they're all based upon, they're all claiming to be based upon, they all accept whatever they say, they accept the Vedas as the ultimate uh, authority and the evidence, and as, evi as, as, as uh, evidence for something, authority for something. And then there's other schools that don't. And so, what are the school? What are the classical in India? What are the schools that don't? There's pretty much two existing, three, three mentioned, two existing. Exactly. So Buddhism and Jainism, right? That means so they have perhaps we're not we're not we're not going to sit here and say that they're not valid forms of knowledge. But they're not valid forms of knowledge based on they don't claim the Vedas as their foundation. They're not use, they're not claiming that we know this is true because the Vedas say so. We know it's true because we've discovered it or it makes sense, or it's just the way I feel about it. There's all these different ways you can think of it, or, or our, rich, our sages said it, right? You know, it's a, we have a, a different source of scriptural authority. It's not the Vedas, right? It's a, it's, it's a, 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 but that's so, that's so, so by saying, so anyways, by, by, the, the way that I'm bringing this up is that by saying Vedamai, she's full of the Vedas, it's associating with the Devi with the Vedas, right? And I think, which is interesting because, as I mentioned, most of you have not attended all of our, we've given so many classes on, the, on this topic, but in our first or second class on this, on, on this topic, right, we're describing that this hymn is, is, is this cluster, this, this particular sasanama is extremely, it's based upon the tantras, upon, and it's a mixture of Dakshinamarg, Vamamarg, and, and Kalamarg tantras. And there's names, and you have to understand all three philosophies to make sense of, of, of a lot of these names. Some of the names won't, will be impossible to understand without understanding uh, the various schools of the various... Each of these marks has unlimited schools, right? It, 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 in order to, to, to see how it's put together, it pulls through all these like that. And one of the things that are very distinct feature we, we often think of, of, of these tantric traditions is their non-Vedic character. We sometimes we'll say that they're also, maybe they're are they Ashtika or Nashtika? Are they Vedic or non-Vedic? So historically, we can say, oh, they're they're bringing together pre-Vedic, meaning historically. You can't say pre-Vedic because the Vedas are eternal, right? But but historically, uh, maybe uh, uh, this view like that. You know, you could say like that. And th there's an argument can be said certain themes like that. And and if you bring into Aryan invasion theory or ancient Aryan um, um, uh, migration theory, that oh, these are 
uh, some Dravid Dravidian indigenous beliefs mixed with like that, or there's Brahminical, Brahminical Hinduism co compared to uh, uh, forest mountain traditions, the, the uh, tribal traditions in India. So you can see, you, you can make it like that, but that's, to be honest, I think that's, that's um, people are trying so hard to see, uh, you know, the, the, there's definitely, the, the tantric tradition is definitely a mixture of so many things, right? But it's also really Vedic, I think, you know? It's still in the category of Nashtika, of Ashtika, right? Uh, and actually one of the requirements in tantric initiation there are, I think, six requirements. I'm forgetting just now. I should know them, right? But one of them, it has to, you have to be an Ashtika. You have to accept the Vedas. That's one of the requirements for Tantric. All the Tantric initiation schools require, and the classical has to accept. But obviously, they're not, they're, it's, a, it's a different path than what's been in any of these. It doesn't really fit Vedanta. It doesn't fit, but it, but it uses, it's non-dualistic like Advaita Vedanta. It's dualistic like Dvaita, like. Uh, like Vashishta Advaita Vedanta, it uses the uh, um, uh, cl classification system more or less uh, of Sankhya, right? It, but doesn't accept the ultimate the separation between Purusha and Pakriti. So it uses Sankhya without the ultimate separation of Purusha and Pakriti. It uses Vedanta without the without the, uh, the description of the world as non-existent and a projection, you know. So it's like, but but you, you see, it's but it's still it's using the language. That it's it's an, I think it's a it's a it's definitely influenced by a lot. Everything's influenced by a lot, but it doesn't. It usually doesn't identify, except in its most extreme cases, as anti or non-Vedic, right? And so, a lot of, in in the Devi Bhagavatam, a very Vedic, a very uh, a tantric uh, description text, Devi herself, and you can see this is an attempt to save the tradition from being attacked. The critique of the of of, of minical orthodoxy, it says, no, no, the tantras must be accepted as true, except when they contradict the Vedas, in which case the Veda, if, if, if the two, the Veda is a higher authority, right? But other than that, you can just accept the Tantra. You don't need to read, who reads the Vedas? We, I don't read the Vedas, right? You know, I can say, oh, I'm a Vedic, I, I believe in the Vedas, the Vedas are authority, but I don't, I, you know, I, I know Mahamrit and Jaya Mantra, a little bit of, I, I practiced Rudram, and I've read Devi Shuktam. <laughs> that's my, the, Purusha, I've, I read some commentaries on Purusha, on Purusha Shuktam, by Swami Krishna, you know, it's like, there's not, I don't spend my time studying the, I mean, I, we read the Upanishad. I mean, it's not true. We read those, but but we're, but, um, but uh, 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 practically speaking, most like this temple is based ninety-eight percent upon tantric mantras and Puranic mantras. The pujas like that, and so the tantras and the and, and the Puranas and the tantras come. Uh, in, the Puranic tradition is considered itself a type of tantric tradition, though, and it describes the puja, the the mantras we're doing, and, and that whole. 32 classes we gave on Kali Puja, 90% of that was based upon Tantras, not Vedas. We chanted a few Vedic mantras about it. And it but it, why do we do that? In order, but, but So the, the Tantras understand itself to be, in general, say there's always, I'm talking in general, so I'm, only general statements can be made like this. Specifics can contradict, can, 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 can contra, can, you can find specific examples that break it, but not general examples, um, is that the Tantras see themselves as equally revealed, coming from the same source as the Vedas. The Vedas come from Brahman, right? And the Tantras come from Shiva, who is non different from, or come from Devi, who is non different from Brahman, right? So, one way you can see this mantra, Veda, Veda Mai, right, could be the source of the Tantras, 
right? The source of the Tantras is the source of the Vedas, right? That Supreme Brahman, the Tant, in the Tantra tradition, the Shakti tradition, that is seen as non different from Shakti or non different from Shiva. That's one way we could see. Or it's also showing that it's not in contradiction, and within her you'll find all the Vedas, or in the Vedas you'll find her, you know. Uh, in the Gita says, by the Vedas I am to be known, right? I am the goal of the Vedas. She's, the goal of the Vedas is Krishna, right? And by the Vedas, and he's, he's, you know, there's different ways to think like this, right? Veda Mai. Did we type, we typed out something, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, from Brahma Sutra, right? Uh, the third mantra from Brahma Sutra. Brahma Sutra starts with, um, I'm not gonna, okay, I can't give. You can give a class on Brahma Sutra one day. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna give a class on Brahma Sutra. But it says in Brahma, verse three of Brahma Sutra is very nice. Shastra yoni twat, right? So that that uh, so it says this could be a couple different things. And you mentioned he uh, he's, he reads Brahma Sutra more than I do, or more recently than I have. Um, um, and Shankaracharya, you mentioned Shankaracharya interprets it in two ways. Two ways, right? One is that Brahman is the yoni of the shastras, means it's the source of the shastras. That's the way we'd normally understand. That's a very, I think, a contemporary way of thinking that from Brahman comes the scriptures, right? And therefore, from Brahman, as Devi or Shiva, come the tantras. From then we can also extend that. Very, I mean, you can see that has a lot of potential. From Brahman comes the Quran, the Bible. The, uh, the scriptures of the world, the wisdom traditions, the mystical experiences, you know, we could extend that theoretically. Maybe we don't believe that. And that, maybe that's not what we're following. We don't believe that not everything is equal, right? But we can see the potential for that. From Brahman comes the scriptures. From Brahman comes the Vedas, right? The other view is that the Shastras are the source. Can't say the source of Brahman, but they're the source of knowledge of Brahman. And this is a very classical Vedantic approach, right? That we have a hard time understanding. I think this is something that's hard for the West to get at. The first verse version I think is easier. It's natural. For, we want to think like this. This one is a little harder. Is that, that the only way we can know Brahman is through the Vedas. And so, with the, no, we think no, by our experience. How do you know your experience? You know, people experience all kinds. You're experiencing this. You believe this is real because you experience it? That can't be the standard. Right? Your experience can't be the standard of the ultimate, of the absolute ultimate truth, highest truth. Right, and so, so uh, what can what is what should be the standard? So it says there can, there can be no other standard, no other standard than the texts that teach about Brahman, right? The, the the Vedas themselves. So there's no way to know Brahman except the study of the of the scriptures. And if it's experiential, there's no way to test your experience, except against the knowledge of the, the revealed in the scriptures. So you wouldn't know what Brahman was unless unless the scriptures told you what Brahman was. And and if you if you take the the yogic interpret experiential model, you wouldn't know if your if your experience was true unless it matched the, the, the scriptures. So this is a this is a very fascinating topic. I won't it's too much for I, there's other names I really want to get to and we're already we only have twenty five twenty four minutes left of legitimate time. We'll see how much mm -hmm. I go over it. I'll try not to. Uh, uh, but anyways by Veda Mai she, she is the Vedas, right? And and um, uh, or she could say she's revealed by the Vedas. Or you could say, you know, she's a source of the Vedas, or by the Vedas, the Vedas reveal her. The knowledge of Brahman is her. If she is the, what the knowledge, what the Vedas reveal, then she is the Brahman that the knowledge reveal. That's you. Should, that's associating the, her, the tantric goddess with the Vedic reality. All these type of things you can think. Of. There's so many other ways. This is just a, a beginning. The next name, Veda Vibhushana. This is also very nice. So this is, I think, 
is more gets more interesting, right? She's not only the Vedas or full of the Vedas or known by the Vedas or the source of the Vedas. She's decorated by the Vedas. She wears the Vedas as her jewelry. You know, Shiva wears a tiger skin and a and a and a, and a, and a, and a snake, right? You know that that's his vibhushana, nagabhushana. You know, we we said that she, she he wears she wears. Um, uh, the Vedas, or she's decorated by. It. So it's interesting. It's a way of, so it's interesting that by the Vedas. So that's actually puts her. I believe this puts her way beyond the Vedas, right? Even the Vedas fall way below what she. That she wears the Vedas. An example, another way in a popular tantric deity of Dattatreya, also actually believed that he's the original source of these mantras, right? So Dattatreya, in his iconography, he has four dogs, right? The four dogs are. The Vedas, right? So here you have the Ved- dogs are considered in in, 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 in in the Shastra tradition to be very unclean, right? Right, and yet the Vedas are considered the highest pure thing, right? But in comparison to Dattatreya's liberated consciousness, right, is that that the Vedas are like dogs, right? That's another. Thing. It's an interesting, very strong. It's not, but that is not criticized. The Vedas are like dogs. Right? It's not criticism of the Vedas, it's glorification of Dattatreya. That he's so much higher, he's so high, that even the Vedas are like dogs. The Vedas which are the highest thing, the source of Bra- the knowledge of Brahman, in comparison to a knower Brahman, or to Brahman itself, is way be- the Vedas are way below. Right? The only hint, they decorate. They so also, the dogs, they, they're barking dogs. Vedic mantra is the purest possible sound, the source of creation itself. Right? In comparison to Dattatreya, or in comparison here to Kali, right, it'd be like it would be like barking dogs, like bar- the barks of dogs, considered an inauspicious sound, right? Uh, another thing, another another way of thinking, bring the Dattatreya idea into it, is that uh, uh, the, uh, a dog thinks it's protecting its master. They're very protective. Of course, that's uh, they have their own psychology, and when it accepts a human as part of the pack, it, it, it will protect like this. But actually. I'm not trying to use the word master, in a, in a, but you know, generally we think of, we have, we we have a dog and we're the ma- we're the master and the dog is our pet. That's a respectful relationship. But anyways, <laughs> but and the dog thinks I'm protecting my mat. I'm protecting, protecting. But actually, the master, the the human protects the dog, right? You know, it's the one who arranges his food, right? Locks the gate at night so he doesn't get hit by a car. Right, you know, it's like if the, you know, it's like I mean, if, on its own, the dogs can they can become a stray dog, and and but generally, but actually, so the, the the dog thinks it's protecting the master, but actually, the master's protecting, right? So this is also the Vedas think, right? They're protecting Brahman, but but they're but actually Brahman or the the saint or the lumen consciousness or the supreme reality is the real master. That, that it, it's giving the the Vedas have no meaning without Brahman. Not Brahman gets its meaning from the Vedas, right? So it's a, it's a diff- different type of thing. So she wears the Vedas as decoration. She's decorated by them. So like I'm I'm wearing this is my decoration. I can take it off and I'm still here. No Vedas, Brahman still exists. No Vedas, Kali still exists, right? She transcends the Vedas, right? And that's a very big statement. It's both identifying Tantra and Kali with the Vedas, but also showing that she transcends the Vedas. It's a very big deal, actually. There's a lot in there. We, 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 we put my my Vedas back on. <laughs> I'm 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 after all. I'm a Vedic believer. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs>
years ago we went to a big Buddhist meeting at the at the um, Anaheim Convention Center, I think. Huge, huge thing, right? The big famous guru, a Buddhist guru came and thousands of monks were there, like that, including we were there as special invited guests sitting in the special invited guest section like that. And I remember some monks look, would look at us like, oh, look, Western monks dressed like and then and then they see my beads like, oh, <laughs> like they're they're not ashtikas, not nashtikas. That's <laughs> interesting. But like they were in the wrong category. So I'd make sure I'm in the right category. My beads. <clears throat> make sure. So then, okay, let's see what I can go. Next, the next verse twenty-seven. Name one nine. We got to name one ninety. Pretty good. Smriti, Shruti, Smriti, Mahavidya, Guya Vidya, Puran, Puran, Purat, Puratani. Chinta Achinta Swadha Swaha Nidra Tandra Chaparvati. I like this group of names very much. So Smriti. Smriti and it's Smriti and Shruti and Smriti. These are two. So this is these are two categories of scriptural authority or scriptural knowledge in, in, in the Indian tradition. So Shruti is the Vedas. So again it's identifying that she is the Vedas, right? or known by the Vedas, or decorated by the Vedas, or however, the source of the Vedas comes in the Vedas, however it works, you know. And, but the word Shruti means, uh, 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 means to uh, hear, right? That means that these, they were not discovered, they're, they were heard, you know, they're, they're not learned. They're, it's one thing, it, it, it's, it's, uh, we, it has a couple, it's believed to have a couple different meanings. One is that the Rishis heard the mantras, and therefore this is, it's simply pre-existing knowledge that was heard, and therefore we know it, right? Uh, 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 and it's, to go a little bit into um, the Purva Mimamsa school, the examples given, I'm not gonna go too much into this, but a simple way is like, like, uh, 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 like, is like, is like, when you were born, you learned your language, your mom taught you your language, right? You simply, it was pre-existing, and you learned it. You heard it, it was it's like you, did, you didn't invent it. You heard, just like that, the Vedas are just, they're pre-existing, we get, the, we get Vedic knowledge. It's a simple, simplified, but like that. And then the older thing, it's, it's, it's Shruti because it's recited. You learn it by oral tradition. I recite, repeat after me, Om Bhagavate, Rudraya, Om Bhagavate, Rudraya. You know, this is the way it's learned. And if you mispronounce it, they get whacked with a stick. You know? <laughs> Pronounce it right. I remember when we were learning our first little bit of Rudram, our Rudra teacher, Right, and, it's, and we weren't getting exactly right, and we were like, oh, "It's fine, good enough. <laughs> we want to move on. We want, we want to, we want to be considered knowers of the Vedas, you know, Brahmavid type people, you know." He says, "Okay, you know, the sages heard it this way, right? And they've taken extreme uh, difficulty to make sure that it's passed down exactly right, with no change in intonation. If you think it doesn't matter, then that's fine. If you're willing to, if you, then that's fine." You know, it's like, no, 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 how do you do it <laughs> to repeat it? You know, we'll get it right, we'll try to do it right. You know, it's like, it, there, it, there's a... So it could be also the, the Shruti is part of that, is that the, the process is being passed down. But also it's just part of its... It exists, we get at a pre-existing thing as it is, right? Then you have another category, and pretty much all other scripture is considered um, uh, uh, Smriti. Smriti means remembered. Right, and so this is this is this this is uh, in the category of the Puranas, the histories, books on philosophy. So many other texts would be in that category. Pretty much, in a certain sense, it's the other everything else. Yeah, the Vedic, 
mantras and everything else, all other scriptural, considered um, uh, scriptural source. So Ma Sain, in these two names of Kali, she, Shruti and Smriti. So, so uh, 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 in, in Puja, we have a mantra, we worship, it says, Virari Sarva Shastri Bhyodamaha. Right, we worship all the scriptures, beginning with the Vedas. Right, we, the Vedas add all of the scriptures. Another way to say that, right? We worship Kali and the Dashmaha, the other Dashmaha. We worship uh, uh, Matsya and all the other incarnations of Vishnu, like that, you know, Matsya, right? Matsyari, Dasharata, Bhionaha. Right, so it's, but so we start with the Vedas and everything. So it, the, another way to way of saying um, uh, um, uh, uh, the Vedas and, uh, uh, or Shruti and Smriti, right? But and so in one sense you can say, oh, then maybe, you know, the Quran, the Bible, and, and the Guru, Granth Sahib, and other books like that, they're, they're smriti. We can think like that, but they're not, but usually smriti means Puranas, books that are in line with the Vedas, in a certain sense. They're, in a certain sense, secondary literature to the Vedas. The Vedas and their, sometimes we, uh, um, Vedanga has a couple different meanings, but one of the things, these are auxil- things that are attached to the Vedas. Right, uh, 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 schools of thought, schools of knowledge, and you the 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 the, the, um, the smriti are they consider themselves commentaries in a certain sense, or or descriptions of Vedic knowledge for people for whom Vedic knowledge is restricted, and there is people who I mean, and Vedic knowledge to the Vedas are not easy. Right, and there's a lot of re- and, and in traditional culture, there's a lot of restrictions to Vedic knowledge, but there's no restriction for 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 for, for, for shruti generally. I mean, there, you, you, we can we can we can find examples in general. So uh, and so it says like for instance, there's a, there's a great mythological fix for the whole thing. Veda Vyas, Vyas means one who organizes and categorizes, right? So there's been many, you know. So he's the one who took the the Veda and made it into four Vedas, right? So. I'm not, I'm not going to try to fit um, timeline of history into that, but let's just assume like that, right? So, so that's great. We can how great he organized the existing or the uh, the belief is the mytholo- that, that he organized all the Vedas into these four categories, and each of the four into four sections of the uh, the what is it? The hymns are the Samhitas, the Brahmanas, the Aranyakas, and the Upanishads. You can see, like, that's the view like that. He organized like that. But then he thought, well, actually, still, very few people can read the Vedas, or will read the Vedas, or should read the Vedas, however you, who's like that, you know. But also, like, these, the Vedas are mostly hymns of, of extreme ritual uh, uh, engagement and responsibility, right? Um, and and uh, uh, what about regular life? What about other forms, the, the other natural forms of devotion that aren't so ritual, in, ritualistic in, the, in that in that sense, right? So that, so he he said they said he wrote the the Puranas or he wrote the Mahabharata, right? So that that anybody in every category can learn and get the teachings of the Vedas because in the middle of all these wonderful characters and these horrible stories and wonderful stories, they usually sit down and talk Vedic philosophy, you know, like you're getting more Ved. It's easier to get the gist. Of Vedic teachings, if you consider like that, in the Puranas and in the Vedas, right? So, and any and anybody can can, and so even even high philosophy is being described in discussions between, between um, you know Devahuti and and Kapila Dev, and between Rishabha and his four sons, and and between um, uh, Dev, uh, uh, um, Vasudev and and Devaki, and you know like these, it's constantly these extremely sophisticated philosophical discussions 
very that, that give the gist of Vedanta, they give the gist of Sankhya. Very, I mean, you, those parts are fascinating. But usually, we think we think oh, we think of Bhagavatam. We don't think of these philosophical conversations on Sankhya between the two trees, the spirits living the trees that Krishna knocked over, right? And giving these this incredibly high philosophy of Sankhya and Vedanta. We usually think oh, maybe Krishna was tied to a thing and he knocked over some trees, right? So the so the so even the leela. These stories, they have within them so much sweetness and so much moral teaching, spiritual teaching, even independent, independent of the discussions and the philosophy. So, so in a certain way, it's made, it made it, the belief is that Vyeda Vyasa are organized to make it accessible to everybody, every category, every strata of society, every category, and every level of, of interest, every level of ability, like this. So, uh, so anyways... Uh, Shruti Smriti. So he wrote the Shruti and the Smriti. Or organized, he organized the Shruti and wrote and composed the Smriti. Now we can also say, you know, like, you know, but yeah, but the Bhagavatam was written in South India in such and such a year, and the Vishnu Purana was written like that. That's, that's a different argument. I'm giving the, the how, 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 how Shruti and Smriti are both considered in one sense, it's an uncareful use of the word, but almost Vedic in a certain sense. And you see some like, you know, in this kind they use Vedic to mean all kinds of literature that's not Veda, right? Because it's, it's, it's in line of the Veda. It's, it's still that category. It's not Nashtika philosophy. It's still Ashtika philosophy that accepts the Vedas ultimately. It's the Vedas and books that, even if they have almost nothing in common with the Vedas, right? And most of the Puranas actually, in my mind, have almost nothing in common with the Vedas, right? But they accept at least in lip service that the Vedas are the ultimate source of the ultimate evidence and the ultimate source of, 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 of knowledge of Brahman. That is the uh, Shruti Smriti. But then you have these other two names, Mahavidya and Gupta Guhavidya. Right? So we'll, we'll jump to Gupta Guhavidya. What's Guhavidya? Guha means? Everybody knows. Everybody should know. Hmm? Hidden. Secret. Hidden. Right? Gupta or Guha, right? Both, both meanings is there. Guha means like cave, right? So you have, so that just seems, maybe it's just all oh, just the real, the, the Gupta Vidya, the real hidden knowledge is, 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 is the, some would hold, and actually this name, Gupta Vidya, this is interesting, I just remembered, refers to the Upanishads, right? The, that, uh, and so like I, my Guru Bhai, right, uh, uh, Swami Paramananda, who's a very great expert on the Upanishads, right, and a great ascetic, and you, a uh, 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 hermit, ascetic, scholar, and I remember one time we were talking about you know we love this. I don't know if you've seen. We saw eight hundred and something episodes of Devaki Dev Mahadev. You know, it's like in these the serials in India that go on. You know, like we learned so. And when one person was commenting, Maharaj was here, and and Kiriti was commenting that this is like just see how like all of India has learned all this spiritual knowledge. Right, and then and Swamiji was sitting in the back corner and says, "Yeah, I don't know any of those stories. I know the essence of the Vedas. I know the Upanishads. You know? <laughs> I was like, I'm not interested in those things. It's all great, but the essence of all those things, this, the hidden knowledge, is the knowledge of Brahman ultimately, and that is revealed in the Upanishads, the commentaries of Shankar and his disciples, and by deep contemplation of the Mahavakya. You know, he's like, that's what he, he's trying to find the essence, the hidden knowledge." So that's one. So even Gupta Vidya means Upanishadic knowledge. That's one use of the term. And so you can see she's mentioning it. So that could be like, but I don't. But because of all these, it's a Kali Sasanam after all. It's not the, you know, Gayatri Sasanam or something. Maybe if it's Gayatri Sasanam, maybe that such a name may mean that. Here I think it means Tantras. So you have the Vedas, you have the Puranas, 
and the Mahabharatas and the, and the histories like that, and you have the tantras, the hidden knowledge. And this is esoteric. This is um, in the normal sense that it is hidden knowledge that's passed down not in the text, in Shruti or in Smriti, not in family tradition, not in scriptural tradition, not in temple tradition, not by the Brahmins, not by Grandma. This is done by initiation between Guru and disciple, secret knowledge, right? Secret mantras, secret understanding, secret interpretations, even going back and looking at the Vedas to mean something totally different. Right. You say, oh, that mantra in the Upanishad? Yeah, it doesn't mean that. This, is actually, this means Kundalini. Or this is how to awaken Kundalini. Or this is how to awaken, you know, it's like it means something totally different. It's like the Upanishads were written, Kundalini was not an idea in anybody's mind in India. Right? That, that hadn't developed yet. Right? Historically. Right? You could like, you could do it as far as the, the timeline. He says, no, no, it was there. It was hidden. Right? The Tantras brought it. Right? It was always there by a group of adepts. Secret people, the, the Vijadadis. She's Vijadadi after all. Right? Maybe by by spirits it was hidden under the earth you know you could use all these names or all these things of underworld hiding knowledge and secret revealers and so you can see it fits it fits into this world of secret knowledge all these rakshashis and dakinis and yo and yakshis and these are all keepers of secret knowledge esoteric knowledge right so gupta vidya secret knowledge most like i believe here it must mean it must mean not just upanishads but uh, the tantra specifically and then and then it says mahavidya and gupta vidya mahavidya mahavidya means the great now that goes to be the great knowledge of Brahman, or the great point of the Vedas, the knowledge of Brahman. It could be the Upanishadic revelation, or it could mean Mahavidya, the, the great knowledge is the hidden knowledge. Mahavidya, Gupta Vidya. The great knowledge is, the real goal is secret. Right? This could be if you take these two words together. Right? And then also in Tantra, this is the book, and, it's, and all the Dash Mahavidyas will appear, in, and we've already talked about many of them in these hymns, that we call them Dash Mahavidyas, the ten great wisdom things they're not the ten great goddesses the train ten great knowledges <laughs> vidyas right and these are the dashmaha vidyas kali tara surashi bhavaneshri bhairavi chinamasa dimavati bhagalama tangi kamala and i get i missed one yeah? sodish right. i think it's that kali tara surashi bhavaneshri bhairavi chinamasa dimavati sorry i'm talking about left hand bhagalamukhi matangi and kamala right dashma they're also back here Beautiful painting by Haley Goswami, one of a kind. Everybody should look at it and <clears throat> be eternally blessed. So there is a mantra that, that just, that's how we, that's how I memorize it. There's a mantra, Tara Vid, uh, Kali Tara Mahavidya. So is it Kali Tara Mahavidya? So there's Mahavidya. Shoda Shiba Vineshri, Bhairavi Chinamastacha, Vidya Dumavati, Tata, Bhagala Matangi Kamalatnika, Dashama, Eta Dash Mahavidya, Gupta Vidya. Pakakrita. Right, so here it starts with Mahavidya and ends with Gupta Vidya. Right, here is Mahavidya, Gupta Vidya. Right, so maybe the Gupta, the real hidden deities, the real secret of the Tantras, is the Dash Mahavidyas, to which Kali is the foremost. Kaliari, Dash Mahavidya, Bhionama, Kali, and the Dash Mahavidyas. So this is not a class of Dash but this is by Tantras, it's not just Tantras. Tantras could be the Tantras of the Dash Mahavidyas, the individual paths, the ten Vidyas of the Dash Mahavidyas. Or the or tantra in general, where the dashma vidyas are the primary focus of the deities. Okay, puratani, puratani. We'll end with that. With that, I think. Shuddhispiti mahavidya guhya vidya puratani. So we mentioned jara means old, and I said, oh, there's another name that means primordial or uh, uh, ancient. Uh, ancient is a weird word. That's pu- puran, puran, puratani. puratani. And I'm remembering, I, see, I, when I heard Purana, 
whenever I hear the word Purana, well, it must be the Puranas. And it has a meaning. Purana also means this old traditional text like that. It has that part of, the, part of the meaning. But I remember you were there. Actually, I think I told the story about you. Uh, there is a Swami, I told the story fairly recently. This, um, his name is Brahmananda Yati. He's a wonderful old, truly an ancient <laughs> a Purana Sadhu. He's an old Sadhu of the old style. Right, uh, and he stays in our ashram during the the Kumamilas. Uh He took he was a, in the Juna Kata originally, and so Juna Kata they take their sannyas initiation during the Kumamilas. So every he hasn't missed the Kumamilas entire life. He's in his nineties, right? So it means he comes back to the to the source of his sannyas every on the an, yearly anniversary of his sannyas. He's there, right? And he's jatadari. He never wears stitch cloth or long beards. He's Saraswati line, but they call themselves Yati. It's a, sub, it's a subsect of the Saraswati. He's Yati. He's Yati is a, a very ancient, even older designation of a, of a sadhu, Yati. Uh, um, yati means all, the old, one of the oldest words for sannyasi in, in, in India, Yati. Older is in sannyasi, older is in muni. It's a very ancient term. So Brahmananda Yati. So he was my roommate for many, many melas, right? And he doesn't speak any English, and I don't speak, I speak really don't speak any Hindi. I can kind of, you know, pigeon Hindi when talking to people that know a little bit of English. I can make my, we can communicate heart to heart. You can, you know, that happens in, when you're traveling alone. But, so we, he liked me. I liked him. I'd always try to serve him and get his blessings. And we go, we go, we go for the Ganga to bath together, to bathe together. You know, we go for Bandaras together. I, you know, we, 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 we were, we were, in a certain sense, bosom buddies in a certain sense. But I never really got a chance to say anything to him. And Samigo Vindananda, who is my translator, he also just like, you know, we say something and he just translates like one word or something. Like he wasn't, he was, he was, for whatever reason, he didn't want to translate too much, you know, except from general stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it was one Bandara and Jayashri was at the Bandara. And so we caught him. He said, I have a translator. Come, come, come. And outside our kitchen, I says, I have a chance to get some knowledge from him, you know, some, some discussion. And so I learned from Swami Chaitanya the way, the way you talk to a sannyasi or a yogi, you know, because if you just go to a sadhu, usually what they do is say, oh, how do you like India? How's your health? Everything okay? Do you need anything? Oh, you know, it's like, and, and you chit-chat, and then they go away. So I met, I met with this sadhu, but I didn't get any spiritual knowledge from him. Right? So you have to ask the right question. Like, what, tell me something important to my spiritual life. What's the most important part of, of sadhana? Or, or, and so what, one of my tricks has been, I'm a very young sadhu. We're beginning on the path. You've been on this path a very long time. Where you're a very senior, experienced person, any advice you can give, some you know that type of thing to this, that also elicits a, 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 a it also you're showing respect and showing deference. These two things, which allow for knowledge to come, right? But also it's it elicits a parental, even people I've been I pulled this off people that really didn't like me and still had to give me spiritual knowledge because I it's like that, you know, if you ask your mom or think she's pissed off at you or not, she's gonna like oh yeah of course. And I'm, of course, I love you. My blessings are with you. That, you know, so like that, and so I asked, and then, and then he, and he said, "Oh, I'm watching you, and um, uh, 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 and I'm seeing you're doing your puja and your japa and you're doing uh, kirtan, the things that I was he saw me do these these years of our knowledge." He says, "So just keep doing that, right?" And I said, "Oh, where I'm a very small." Thing. He said, "Oh, tulsi leaf is very small. It can be offered to the Lord. No problem. You know, even small small sadhu can be offered to the Lord. Not this big sadhu, right?" But then he said, but he said, if you simply do your daily regular, what you're doing, he said, then he used, he used the term Puranved, I think is a word, you know, it's like, and, and, or something like that. I said, oh, I, th- I thought, because I'm, I'm here, I'm speaking Hindi. Oh, then something to do with the Puranas and the Vedas. That's what, but nobody meant, and she translated properly, that the ancient knowledge, mm-hmm. right? And that's actually, this is the term, we call it Sadhu Basha. The Sadhus have their own language. 
And this is one of the, I've learned since then, this is some of the language that sadhus use, that if you do your sadhana, the ancient knowledge comes up. Right? We all have the ancient knowledge. This is Swami Vivekananda's ideal of education. You don't have to cram new information. You create a, set, a scene, a setting, where one's innate wisdom comes up. Or we, we have... You know, so this is that ancient knowledge comes up. I, I love this. So this is a Puranika's that type of ancient, not just old, not just old knowledge, outdated, worn out knowledge. You know, some of the stuff we may consider outdated and worn out. But you see, the, but there's behind it all. There's there's a, she is a source, the ancient, the uh, primordial, the mm -hmm. the um, um, and we all. It, she's the oldest, but she's our source. She's our oldest, not oldest, but our original nature you know, we, and we have that knowledge we have her also so uh, um, and so I'm associated with her it means she's primordial ancient but I'm associated with like ancient knowledge because of Mahavidya Gupta Vidya Smriti Smriti Veda Mai Veda Vibhushan it's all the things about knowledge so I'm connecting this to ancient knowledge she's the ancient knowledge maybe it's the ancient knowledge that's passed down in the scripture in the Vedas it's the ancient knowledge that's passed down in the Puranas it's the ancient knowledge passed down in the Tantras right it's so it's like maybe it's a way of understanding this also you know that she is the ancient knowledge that and therefore the varieties of scriptures are her manifestations her forms or her um uh or, or her bibushan they're her decoration decorations are they they and they only one thing for sure because the next line which i will read next week i'm already two minutes late is uh, uh she's chinta chinta she's conceivable and inconceivable so the scriptures do not limit or describe, fully describe her. They barely describe her. Like a necklace is not fully... A necklace may make somebody look very beautiful, right? But the necklace is not the thing that makes somebody look beautiful, you know? It accentuates, perhaps, right? The real thing is completely transcendent and, and, and way beyond the thing that's... The wear is bigger than the thing worn, you know? So, and, uh, and, and also, like, the indicated is bigger than the thing in indicating. The Vedas may point to her, but they're not her. Uh, so, what she is, it's taken. It's we've we've gone uh, a, a, a one hundred and ninety-two names into trying to describe she whose very next name says is indescribable and unthinkable, right? And there'll be we'll have many more names, and there's many more hymns of thousand named hymns, right? And so she's and she's. She's definitely bigger than we think. <laughs> I think that's what we can point to. She's everything we think and way bigger than we think. So we'll leave it at that. Any, any, uh, in, in, in negative four minutes, any questions or comments? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it's not bad since she's the source of all sound, then, I mean, I'm just giving another angle to it, then she would be. And sounds is what makes it Vedas. Yeah, no, no, that's actually, and there's many names like that. And actually, that's a good point. Vedas are mantras, right? And, and all these, all these things are also mantras, and the vidyas are also mantric sciences. Not vidya is not the way we to think of science, or we, not the scientific method or something like that. These are mantric traditions that have come. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. We can describe these things in so many ways. But actually, in, in this next group of names, I think we could probably fold next week. We'll fold that into idea. <laughs> Because um, uh, uh, mantras reveal her and don't reveal her in a very powerful way. <laughs> yeah. chinta, chinta. Any other? Yes, sir. Did, you said after doing daily puja, uh, rituals, whatever you uh, were doing, 
and then you come across this ancient knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know that you have come across it? No, they th I think the idea is that, 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 that the ancient knowledge is arises. You know, in a certain sense, it's not like, oh, now I can chant Vedic mantras or something. Not like that. But you, you get deep experience, deep conviction, you know, something like that, you know. But actually, it's, I mean, that's a good bit because that's all I got from him. <laughs> but did you, um, did you feel any secret thing? Like, uh... No, I think that 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 teaching was itself a type of secret thing, right? Is that you do, because you do, and you, in a certain sense, we, uh, Sri Ramakrishna used a similar language, and my guru used a similar language, that you, you, the hidden knowledge is already there. We have to uncover it, right? And we uncover it. Sadhana is not attaining some, we use the language of attainment sometimes, but it's actually uncovering, and what's already here will reveal it. My guru used to say that, that uh, uh, by controlling the body and my using, he was a yogi, so he used a yogic language. You know, by controlling the body through yoga and the mind through meditation, the spirit which is within reveals itself. Right, it's already there. It's like uncovering a fire; the fire reveals itself. Or Sri Ramakrishna described it as like a, a, a jewel buried under the ground. If you dig, you don't have to create a jewel; you remove the ground, and the jewel reveals. It's always been there. The jewel's always been there. Knowledge has always been there. The, the, uh, uh, Something it like that. One day. It, it happens, yeah. For, and you never know what's going to... You know, and so I'm going to imagine, okay, you, you believe that right here is a buried treasure. So you start digging. You never know. And one of these days, you, you, can dig, you can dig a little bit or dig a lot, but you never know when you're going to go... You're going to scoop and then go scoop and... Like, well, you never know when you're going to hit it. You know, it's like, you, you, you know, it could be on the first scoop or the, or the thousandth scoop. You know, and but but, but you, so you never know that. So you never know when the magic moment. Holy Mother said, "You do your daily japa because you never know when the magic moment will happen." Right? One month is going to one day. One day it's going to be the the, the next thing is, is some dross in the mind is going to be revealed, and then that which is there will shine in its dramatic force. Yes. Also, in doing your repeated doing your daily yeah. jhapa, you're maintaining your energy. You know, the That's energy. also true. Yeah. So you're not dissipating. That's true. That's true. That's true. So Swami so, mean, Omananda, my sannyas guru, he would often say, I mean, he, every letter he sends me, he, he, this is the point, he, he would say, there's only one purpose of sadhana. Right? And he could, we want sadhana means to do this, attain this, and learn. Sadhana is mana shuddhi. He says the only purpose of sadhana and the only effect of sadhana is the purification of the mind. Right? When the mind is pure, another way of saying, we would say when the heart is pure. Right, mind and heart are not two different things in the Indian system. We've separated them very dramatically, right? When the mind is pure, the heart is pure, then that which is already there shines forth, right? In, in, in the knowledge, we say, oh, the knowledge shines forth. In devotional tradition, we'd say, then the natural devotion for God shines forth, is uncovered, right? Like, a, like a, 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 another example taught Sri Ramakrishna gave is like a magnet. A magnet's nature is to point towards, uh, the needle's nature is to point towards the... Uh, the um, magnet, right? But if it's encrusted with mud, it's not going to point to the mud. It's not going to. There's no noticeable attraction. But if you clean the mud bit by bit, eventually it's going to like point or shoot towards it. It's nature, so it's like we don't have to do anything. So in the devotional tradition, we can say we don't have to do anything to love God. We have to remove the impurity from the mind and heart. And then when, when our nature is to love God and long for God or be attract or God to attract us, or in the knowledge tradition, it's like when you uncover knowledge what we already know will shine knowledge of the self will shine for it it may be describing the same thing from two different just slightly different uh, 
uh, style, right, according to the personality. So that we have too many people, and everybody waiting for Kirtan, loud, loud banging of gongs, we shall bang gong. Thank you for your kind attention, thank you for a very good question. I shall think about this more because it's actually, when Sadhu tells